Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Football Morning in America mini-podcast for week seven of this NFL season. Uh, It is early Monday morning. I was in Atlanta for the Rams-Falcons debacle of a game, but I went to write about Jalen Ramsey and how the Rams are building their team and how trades in the NFL are really on the increase. have some stats in the column about that. And... uh, Just had a really interesting time down there, especially spending time with Rams COO uh, Kevin Demoff and Rams general manager Les Snead, who pulled off the deals. Uh, I'm going to try something a little bit different in the the mini-pod today. I talked to Eric Weddle, the safety of the Rams, uh, while I was in the locker room in Atlanta on Sunday, and I just thought I'd bring you two or three minutes, just a couple of questions, a couple of snippets from my conversation with Eric Weddle, and then I will get into the top of the column. So here's me in the locker room in Atlanta, a few lockers down from Jalen Ramsey with veteran Rams safety Eric Weddle. So Eric, a few feet away there's Jalen Ramsey. A few days ago, you had no idea he'd even be here. Tonight, he plays 36 snaps for you. What did you see in Jalen Ramsey out there? Uh, you can uh, just the the energy, the competitiveness, the confidence uh, that that he brings not only on the field but on the sidelines, and how he intellectually how smart he is to be able to come in on. You know, three days really, and be able to get in there and execute our calls, uh, and not really have any slip-ups. A lot of it, you know, I put on myself to make sure he's lining up and knows what we're doing and be able to communicate. It, it looked like times. mostly he he played man today, and there were a few zone snaps. It looked like I don't know what you guys are doing out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when we were in sub, I mean, it's a whole different dynamic when. Not only you bring a guy like Jalen, who's probably the best cover man cover corner in the league, but then you had Troy and Roby, who are press man players really at heart, and changes the whole dynamic of what you call in defense. We're bringing more pressure, we're bringing more combo coverages, roll coverages that we're playing man sticky coverage. So that's what happens when you bring a guy like Jalen in, and it and it affects the way quarterback. I mean, 
guys are getting jammed up off the line, it gives our, our, our rush time to get there. And, you know, it was a great debut for him. Eric, thanks a lot. Anytime, bro. So as I do every week, I'm going to read the lead to my column, then read some highlights to the column after that. And um, I look forward to hearing your reaction. Because really, when I go to a place, I don't get to watch as much football of all the other games that I normally would like to do. Uh, and so it, it's always interesting to hear your reactions after a column like this. You know, I wish I could have watched some of the New Orleans-Chicago game. I just saw some highlights and <laughs> some lowlights of Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, but as I sit here at 3.25 a.m., I got the column done a little early uh, this week. As I sit here at 3.25 a.m., if I wasn't so tired, I'd w be watching a few more highlight packages right now. But in a week like this where I go somewhere and, and go cover a game, it's just difficult for me to see all the other games. But anyway, hope you enjoy the column today. And let's start off with the lead to Football Morning in America, October 21. Dateline Atlanta. It should be obvious now, as the Rams feel the slings and arrows from around the league for gorging on the present at the expense of the future, what the identity of this franchise is. They completed three trades in an afternoon last week, for goodness sake. Two involving Pro Bowl players. And I can tell you it's not about the PSLs or filling the new stadium next year or knee-jerking a response to a three-game losing streak. It's about the personalities of the people who lead the team. And in a larger sense, it's about a sea change in how the new wave of general managers and team architects are approaching the sport right now. Last Tuesday, when GM Les Snead had completed two deals from his California office, acquiring offensive lineman Austin Corbett from Cleveland and trading cornerback Marcus Peters to Baltimore, he was working on a third. Snead and GM Dave Caldwell of Jacksonville were close to doing a mega trade for dissatisfied cornerback Jalen Ramsey of the Jaguars. In a Ritz-Carlton ballroom in Fort Lauderdale during the NFL's fall meeting, Rams owner Stan Kroenke and Rams chief operating officer Kevin Demoff awaited word on the deals. Around 4.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Sneed and football VP Tony Pastors both pinged Demoff with details of the first two trades. Demoff showed Kroenke the news. Not a bad afternoon's work for Sneed and his staff. Not enough. Kroenke didn't pump a fist. It's not his way anyway. Instead, he asked Demoff about the unhappy Jaguar. He wondered, is the Ramsey deal still in play? It was, and within an hour, that one was done too. Ramsey for the Rams' first round pick in 2020 and first and fourth round picks in 2021. Even though L.A. is buying Ramsey for only the remaining 1.5 seasons of his rookie contract. The Rams are optimistic about signing him long term, but have no guarantee of employing Ramsey beyond the expiration of his contract in 14 months. Three trades in five hours. 
Now it was Saturday in the bar of the team's Buckhead Hotel, the day before Rams-Falcons, and Demoff and Sneed dissected what the team had done and what it meant. As Demoff said, this is who we are. This is what we do. This is our belief as an organization. Stan isn't fearful. Les isn't fearful. And Sean, meaning Coach Sean McVay, isn't fearful. The league is so fast-moving. It hasn't been this way forever for us, but now we're going to value the great player over the potential of a draft choice. For a guy who'd been on the team for only four days, Ramsey didn't seem like much of a newcomer in the 37-10 route of the pathetic Falcons. He didn't give the full Jalen, but it was close. He didn't start. He came in early in dime packages only, where he could match up against Julio Jones, mostly in bump coverage in the left slot or wide right or right slot. He did play in the regular scheme later, and it appeared he played six or seven snaps in the Rams' zone coverage. In all, after two practices, he played 36 of the Rams' 53 defensive snaps. He was not a shutdown corner. In coverage snaps against Jones, he allowed four catches for 69 yards. He used a jarring hit on Devontae Freeman to force a fumble that the Rams should have recovered, but lost in a scrum. Ramsey also demonstrated why he's a cornerback so many receivers love to hate. On six different occasions, he yapped full-throated at Jones. It's a wonder with the blizzard of flags in the league right now why Ramsey didn't get one for taunting or berating Julio Jones. Ramsey's the classic case of a guy you hate when your team plays him, but you like his results when he's on your side. I talk shit every game, said Ramsey, matter-of-factly and unapologetically in a short madhouse locker room scrum after the game. In the upset of the week, his back seemed just fine. When this was still a game in the second quarter, in an eight-play sequence, Jones beat Ramsey twice for significant plays. First, a quick slam from right to left for 17 yards when Jones got inside Ramsey and sprinted toward the middle with a full stride on him. Then, a simple go-route down the right sideline, gain of 39. Jones simply outraced Ramsey. So Jones didn't torch Ramsey. Overall, he got the better of him, but it was a good contest. If I was really in my groove, like on my shit, it would really be scary out there, Ramsey said. Good for Ramsey and not bragging about his game because it was a decent performance, that's it. But maybe that's to be expected after three weeks off with an injury no one in Jacksonville believed was an injury. I feel like I played okay, he said. I've got to get in my groove a little bit more. There's maybe one, maybe two plays I wanted to have back or play a little bit different. For a game, at least, all was right with the Rams. After losing three straight, this was a good week for a star jolt and for a soft underbelly of the schedule. The Rams will stay in Atlanta to practice this week before overnighting to London on Thursday evening, then playing the Bengals at Wembley Stadium Sunday. 
combined Falcons-Bengals record, colon, 1-13. There's enough in what the Rams are doing for, for a book about how modern football is changing. I don't have time for a book, so let's do Cliff's Notes. The Rams are not alone in bulking up on trades. Cleveland, Baltimore, Oakland, Philadelphia, and Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh are dipping their toes in the pool more than they used to, or more than their predecessors. This could be an outlier season regarding trades, but I doubt it. With eight days to go before the deadline, see how times have changed in 10 years. 2009, 39 trades in the calendar year involving 50 players. Seven of those were pro bowlers at least once. 2019, 54 trades with eight days left in the trading period involving 69 players. 13 of them have been to at least one Pro Bowl. That's a snapshot, not a long-term study, but it just feels like trading is picked up. And though the Rams may be at the head of the pack, they're not alone. One GM told me over the weekend when I relayed those trading stats, I bet that number ends up at 65. I've been thinking about it, said Hall of Fame GM Bill Polian, and I want to withhold final judgment, but there are a few factors. Miami's getting rid of players. The Rams are aggressive. And I think players with leverage, they see this as being the NBA. I'll go where I want to go. Ramsey, Antonio Brown, trade me, and the hell with the consequences. But there's also a little bit of the old Branch Ricky in some of the newer GMs. Ricky said the only title you can win is the title you can win this year. Polian then made a fascinating point. He said he didn't want to be a curbstone psychologist, but he said, I think this generation of GMs might be a little bit more transactional. It used to be that not many GMs thought about taking risks. They were from a generation where their parents might have grown up in the Depression or remembered the Depression. Life was hard enough without taking risks. Today, the idea that you can make those decisions and change your team quickly is inculcated in this generation. I'm not sure of that, but it seems to be true. Personally, I love that theory. I think it's dead on. Why wait to fix a problem when you might get fired after two years? When I told Demoff and Sneed, they were fascinated. Bill makes a great point about our league now, said Sneed, and the trade data backs it up. It's not just us. Bill Belichick is great at it, too. When they have a hole, he doesn't wait. He attacks. He trades. He takes chances, too. Demoff pounced next. The NBA is coming to the NFL. This trade is a similar case to those NBA deals. And I go on uh, maybe for about a thousand more words. You can read it in my column today. But uh, not just a look at the Rams, but a look at the rest of the NFL and how much trading is actually going on. Then I go into some other things I saw in week seven or observed and saw highlights of. One, the Chicago offense is a four-alarm fire. Um, 
I encourage Coach Matt Nagy to strongly consider <clears throat> benching Mitchell Trubisky for Chase Daniel. Not that Daniel is is necessarily superior, but I just think the Bears next week have the Chargers at home, and I just think sending Mitchell Trubisky out to uh, take the boos and the slings and arrows of that crowd potentially could be hurtful for him long term. I have a little section about the MVP, and I have no idea who it would be right now, especially because Patrick Mahomes might now only play 12 full games. Uh, but I would put these three players at the head of the class. Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, and Lamar Jackson. And as I write, the Jackson candidacy could get quite intriguing. He's on pace to rush for 1,317 yards, which of course is insane. And he's on pace to have a passer rating of 94.1. Imagine rushing for more yards than Alvin Kamara with a better passer rating than Carson Wentz. There's plenty of season left, thankfully, for the 50 voters of this award. I write a section about Buffalo uh, and their, uh, how much they struggled on Sunday. Uh, I wrote a section about the Cincinnati Bengals at 0-7, and, and I make this point. Just imagine, look at the Bengals' schedule leading up to week 16. In week 16, they'll play Miami. So just imagine this golden game, December 22 in South Florida. Imagine Cincinnati 0-14 at Miami 0-14. It could happen. Uh, I talk a little bit about Patrick Mahomes. Adam Schefter reported on Sunday that he may be out only three weeks or less. So you don't know. He might only miss two games. He might miss a third. We'll see. Um, Andy Reid gave him tremendous credit uh, for walking off the field the other night instead of being carted off. thought it was very tough. Players on the team reacted accordingly. Uh, I have a section about Teddy Bridgewater, who I – just have so much admiration for. Uh, you know, he struggled in his first two wins since replacing Breeze. But in the last three, he's got a 108.3 passer rating. He's putting up 27 points a game. It's, it's really, really a tribute to Bridgewater uh, that he has been able to be this good in his first five weeks playing, you know, a lot in a long time. You know, my awards section, my favorite award was Defensive Player of the Week, Marcus Peters, in his first game with Baltimore. Um, it's funny what happened to Peters. On Wednesday, he flew cross-country from L.A. to Baltimore. On Friday, he flew back across the country from Baltimore to Seattle. And then Sunday, late afternoon, early evening, he got back on the plane and flew across the country again <laughs> from Seattle to Baltimore, going home from the game. So uh, I wouldn't blame uh, Marcus Peters, who had an interception return for a touchdown against Russell Wilson. I wouldn't blame Marcus Peters if he wants to take a pretty good nap today.
Um, just a couple of other things I want to mention to you. I wrote the profile this week about Sam Ponder. Uh, read her words. They're very, very interesting uh, about how sometimes we just overrate people in all walks of life. And they're people with the same problems that we have. And Sam Ponder really voices that well. I ran into Sam, um, you know, obviously succeeded Chris Berman as host of uh, Sunday Countdown for ESPN. But um, she was honored by a group I'm associated with, uh, Right on Sports in New Jersey. And we honored her the other day as a literacy champion. Um, and uh, Right on Sports is a very interesting organization. It, it takes kids at the middle school level who might normally not uh, get much attention paid to them when they are writing and reading. And, you know, we found, and the founder of this organization 14 years ago, Byron Yake, a former AP sports editor, you know, has found that uh, if, you, if you devote time to kids in, in, a, in an avenue that they really like, most kids like sports, so if you devote time to them, they're going to try harder if they're doing something they love. It's a cool concept, and uh, we think it's worked. But anyway, read Sam P uh, Ponder's words in the column this morning. Uh, in my factoidness section, uh, I write about John Elway and his everlasting search for a quarterback. Um, in my NFL century, I talk about how it was Khalil Mack and not Brock Osweiler, who ended up on the cover of Sports Illustrated. The only week that I had anything to do with the cover of Sports Illustrated, when Chris Stone, the managing editor, gave us at the MMQB the, um, the opportunity to put a magazine together in opening week of the NFL season in 2016. It's just a, a cute little story. Um, I run a lot of letters this week um, in part because I asked for letters last week to talk about sort of the coarsening of America, um, you know, in the last two or three years. Uh, because last week I wrote, and some of you will cringe at this, but, you know, I wrote that, uh, you know, Donald Trump has bullied a lot of kids, and or not a lot of kids, but a lot of adults, and I just wondered how it was, um, uh, you know, sort of uh, siphoning down to uh, the schools in America with the teachers. So a couple of good stories about that. And finally, uh, just a lot of the things I wrote about, I fell in love with the baseball playoffs this year. It's really, really cool. Uh, it's, it's so interesting to me that, what has happened in the baseball playoffs uh, is that really the game is changing a lot. And the game is changing so that, uh, honestly, these relief pitchers and these, these games where there are, uh, you know, six or eight relief pitchers and there's not a starter, it's pretty, uh, it's really pretty, pretty shocking. But uh, anyway, I kind of enjoyed that, uh, writing a little bit about 
about baseball. So that, that was fun. And finally, my adieu haiku. Mitchell Trubisky. Don't read the Sun-Times this week. Or maybe ever. And that's my Football Morning in America mini podcast for week seven of the NFL season. Hope you've enjoyed it. As always, if you have ideas, comments, please write to me at peterkingfmia at gmail.com or hit me on Twitter at Peter underscore King. Have a great week, everybody. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions.